you'd like to open up to Acts chapter 13. Looking at chapters 13 and 14 this morning and stepping through uh, to the end of the book of Acts. It should be really great to, to look at this together. Well, over the past number of years, I've been learning about a, um, a thing called Bowen's Family Systems Theory. Uh, this is a, a clinical uh, discipline that was created by a psychologist, Murray Bowen, in the 1950s. Uh, he used to work with uh, war veterans and the trauma that they went through. Uh, but then he uh, started to discover uh, the dynamics that happened between uh, systems of people and uh, particularly within families. Uh, the, the, the connection, uh, the togetherness or also the cutoff and the reactivity would happen in, in families. And he said it's not just families, that it also happens in churches and all throughout our society. So it's been uh, fascinating for me to learn because it's something that they teach pastors these days uh, how to deal uh, with uh, systems uh, within the church and the world. We're coming to uh, the Bible today and we're looking at the book of Acts, but we're looking at the opposition that Paul faced on his first missionary journey. Uh, that just like there might be uh, reactivity in certain other areas of life, as this theory suggests that I've been learning, that there is reactivity within the gospel ministry. When we preach, there can be a reaction of negativity and anger. We're thinking today, looking at how Paul faced opposition in his preaching and then thinking about how we too face reactivity to God's message the question we're asking from the passage today is what does Christian ministry involve? So we're looking at Acts 13 and 14 and we're going to just step through the passage bit by bit in the different towns that Paul visited on his first missionary journey. Now uh, a bit of context as we step back into the book of Acts. Uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I think it kind of summarises the book of Acts uh, Jesus says to the disciples that his message is going to go out into the world. He says it's going to start in Jerusalem, then it's going to go to Judea and Samaria, and then it's going to go to the ends of the earth. Now in Acts chapter 1 to 12, we've seen it focus, the gospel focused in Jerusalem. Then we saw it spread out into Samaria. But now through the ministry of Paul from 13 and onwards, it's going to go to the ends of the earth. And at that time, the ends of the earth, in a sense, was Rome. And that's where Paul ends up in Acts chapter 28. Now, we've just seen in the beginning of Acts chapter 13 that Paul is one of the elders, in a sense, at the church of Antioch. That They're having a prayer and praise night there at the church of Antioch and that God reveals to them that Paul and Barnabas are meant to set off for their mission work. And so they send them off for the ministry that God has called them to. So where do they go? Well, first they go to Cyprus. We see in verse 4 and onwards, Cyprus is obviously an island in the Mediterranean Sea, the place where Barnabas was from. And they sail down there and they begin their ministry. We see in verse 5, and we're going to see this again and again, when Paul gets somewhere, he goes into the Jewish synagogue to preach. 
In the book of Romans, it says that the gospel was going to go first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So Paul goes into the synagogue and he starts preaching in there. Notice in verse 5 that a guy called John was with Paul and Barnabas. That was actually, his name is John Mark. He was the author of Mark's gospel. So he started off with them as well. We see in verse 6, they're travelling through the island and then they meet a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus. It's a pretty good job title, isn't it? Uh, He was an attendant of the proconsul, the ruler of the island. Um, And this fellow, Bar-Jesus, started to oppose the preaching of Paul and Barnabas. Now, in the book of Acts, names mean something. And this man's name is Bar-Jesus. He bears the very holy name of our Lord, but he's going to act like a nincompoop, isn't he? He wants to stop the preaching of the gospel. He bears the name of Jesus, but Paul calls him a child of the devil. Have a look at verse 10. Paul looks at this guy and he says, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. The fellow that he was serving was the ruler of the island, the Roman ruler called Sergius Paulus. Remember, names mean something in the book of Acts. This man bears the name of Paul. So will he act like Bar-Jesus or will he act like Paul? We see this fellow, Sergius Paulus, he wants to know more about God. He wants to hear Paul's message. And in verse 12, he seems to become a Christian. So as we begin, uh, let us um, notice the two different ways of responding and let us follow this other fellow, Sergius Paulus, and his desire to get deep into the word. The next thing we see is uh, the missionaries move on to Pisidian Antioch. So that's not to be confused with Antioch. Antioch was the the mega church of the Gentile church. That was uh, over a bit north of Israel. Pisidian Antioch is up in Turkey. It's another place. So they're sailing back up to Turkey and we see in verse 13 and 14, uh, they get there and Paul goes back into the synagogue to preach again. See there in verse 15, it says, After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. And so Paul then gets up and preaches this amazing sermon and preaches Christ uh, to the people in the synagogue. Uh, Just briefly, having a look at how he begins his message, he talks about uh, the history of Israel Their stay in Egypt, in verse 17, Um, there are 40 years in the desert. Uh, In verse uh, 20, 20, he talks about the time of the judges that they faced. And in verse 21, about the story of King Saul. Now remember that names mean something in the book of Acts, and he's referring to King Saul. This passage in Acts chapter 13 is the very place where Paul's name changes from Saul to Paul. This is reminding us um, that the Apostle Paul has now changed. He's not going to be like the Saul that he was. He's not going to be like the dodgy King Saul from the Old Testament. No, now he has become Paul, God's missionary to the Gentiles. And the gospel has completely changed him. 
He keeps preaching and talks about King David coming along. And then verse 23, from David's descendants, God brought to Israel Jesus the Saviour and he preaches the Lord Jesus Christ to them. So as we see in this first missionary journey and in all of the book of Acts, there is a divided response to the gospel when we share it. Some people come on board and believe and some react and oppose. If we turn to the end of uh, chapter 13, we see what happens there in verse 42. They invite him to speak again the next week. Uh, in verse 43, some people do believe and follow. And the next, the next uh, week, verse 44, the whole city gathers to hear him preach. But look at verse 45. And this is a common theme in Paul's ministry. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. And you notice the Jewish people who were against him here and in the other cities, they follow him from town to town to persecute him. This is a big moment in the book of Acts as well because it's the moment that the gospel goes to the Gentiles. A big moment in the whole Bible. The gospel's now going to go not just to the Jew but also to the Gentile, also to the whole world. Paul says to them, we had to speak the word of God to you first but you're rejecting it so we're going to go off to the Gentiles. And we see that when he preaches to the Gentiles, to the, to the people of other nations, in verse 48, they believe and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, uh, but the people against him uh, keep being against him. And so they shake the dust from their feet in protest and go off to the next town. The next town is a place called Iconium. Now, these towns, Pisidian, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, they're all towns in the, uh, the, the place of Turkey, uh, down the bottom, close to the Mediterranean Sea, we think that um, this is probably the bunch of people that Paul wrote the book of Galatians to, okay, on his first missionary journey. The churches he visited, this area was called Southern Galatia. So this is how the Galatian church was planted. We see he goes to Iconium, again he goes off to the synagogue, chapter 14, uh, he speaks really effectively and people believe. But verse 2, chapter 14, verse 2, the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Once again, see this reactivity, this opposition to the preaching of the gospel. See from verse 4 and onwards, the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot to mistreat them and to stone them, but they find out about it and they get out of there. And they move on to another nearby city, the city of Lystra. See verse 8. In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk. So Paul is pulling off an amazing miracle here. Uh, with the fellow Bar-Jesus, Paul had sent him blind. Now with this fellow, Paul heals a paralytic. So God is clearly working through Paul's ministry. And what we're starting to see here in, in Paul's ministry is that 
It's a ministry pattern just like Jesus and just like Peter. And I think that this uh, text brings that out for us. Have a think about it. Remember, uh, Luke, the author of Acts, also wrote the book of Luke. So he knows a lot about Christ's ministry. In the book of Luke, Jesus confronts the devil. In the book of Acts, Paul confronts a child of the devil. In the book of Luke, Jesus preaches in the synagogue. In the book of Acts, Paul preaches to the synagogue. In the book of Luke, Jesus heals the paralyzed man. In the book of Acts, we've just seen Paul do that. What about the Apostle Peter, the great leader of the church? In Acts chapter 3, the Apostle Peter heals a paralyzed man at the temple. And now in Acts chapter 14, Paul heals a paralyzed man at another temple. So Paul is coming on the scene here in the book of Acts as God's great apostle, God's great missionary, who has the endorsement of Jesus, who behaves like Jesus, and who behaves like the great apostle Peter. Now we see um, them return to their home base in the book of Antioch, in the uh, city of Antioch. Have a look at verse 21. So they're preaching there in the city of Derby. By the way, Paul has just got stoned in Lystra uh, and pretty much almost died. We'll come back to that. But they're preaching in Derby. People become Christians. They go back to Lystra, Iconium and Pisidian Antioch to minister to people. And then Paul says to them, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We see that they give elders in the church, verse 23, and they commit them to the Lord and they head back to their home base in Antioch in Syria. And in verse 26 and onwards, they tell the church about everything God had done on their mission. Note there Paul's summary of his first missionary journey. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. You know, in the book of Corinthians, he talks about all the hard stuff that had happened to him, uh, being beaten, being hungry, being flogged. And now here in the book of Acts chapter 14, verse 19 and 20, he was almost stoned to death. Paul was preaching the gospel and people didn't like it. But did that stop him? No way, because he had the words of eternal life. He had met the one true God on the road to Damascus. He had had his life turned around by Jesus. Have you? Do you know the one true God like Paul did? Has your life been turned around? And so therefore, when people oppose you for being a Christian, will you stop? No way. No way. Uh, I've told you before about uh, the head of the Australian Christian Lobby. His name is Martin Isles. I think he's doing a really good job. He's been posting some videos on the internet to encourage Christians in the opposition we face. I remember last year when the law was getting put through in Victoria that you're not allowed to pray with an LGBTI person about their sexuality that's illegal now or very soon in Victoria and Martin Niles got on on his video and he said are we going to stop telling people about Jesus are we going to not pray with people no way 
We are the salt and light in the world. We are going to speak for the Lord. We will not be stopped by this opposition we face in the world today. Even just last week, there was another thing in the parliament, Martin Niles was saying, uh, where Christian schooling almost got booted out. Luckily, uh, they rallied together and it didn't. But we won't stop this witnessing. Despite the opposition we face, we won't be silenced. For we have the words of eternal life. There will be reactions to the gospel message. Some people will react positively and believe. But some will react negatively and persecute us. So the challenge, friends, is where are we going to sit when that happens to us? When you're challenged at work for being a Christian, when you're at Christmas and you're paid out by a family member for your views, when you're threatened with very serious threats, how will you respond? Friends, the Apostle Paul hung in there for Jesus and so should we, whether we are challenged whether we are in danger whether we are threatened with prison we will not stop speaking about Jesus and the gospel for it is the words of eternal life this is what we're going to see in the book of Acts through the ministry of Paul from Acts chapters 13 through to 28 even at the end of the book of Acts it says he was still speaking about the kingdom while he was waiting to see the Emperor Caesar. Friends, what does Christian ministry involve? It involves the faithful proclaiming of the gospel of Jesus in your context, in the opportunities that God gives you. You will be opposed, but you must persevere and keep sharing the words of eternal life. Well, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words of the gospel which can save us. And we pray that you would give us courage, Lord, to live for you and to do the work that you put before us in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.